This week, our gospel records some of the harshest accusations of Jesus against the Pharisees. Now, Jesus constantly encountered the biggest and the worst sinners in his life. But no sooner had most of them met him than they went away forgiven. They felt loved. Their life was changed. But with the Pharisees, he was always fighting. There was no resolution. And here he takes aim at what is probably most rotten about the Pharisaic way of life and their spiritual lives. Everything they do is to be seen. In other words, that word seen is more like a spectacle, more like a theater. Everything they do is for show. And that seems to be at the heart of it. But true religion has to do with the transformation of the heart where we become more like God himself. Of course, this involves public acts of worship and charity, like anything else. But if we take this most intimate of relationships, because God is the one who can be closest to us, and live this only for show, it becomes completely perverse. So Jesus warns his disciples to beware of the Pharisees, and he picks on three things, interestingly. Do not let yourself be called father, master, or teacher. Why these three? Would it mean that Catholics are violating this injunction in letting their priests be called fathers? So what about teachers, for instance? And this tends to be a favorite Protestant objection to Catholic practice. To firstly answer this objection, that Catholics are violating scripture, you just have to peruse the New Testament to find that Abraham, for example, is constantly called father, even by Jesus. In Luke, is it 16? Luke 16, 48, I think. Romans 4, uh, Paul calls Abraham father about seven times. Stephen addresses the Sanhedrin saying, my fathers and brothers. So obviously there is something else to this. Jesus is talking about a particular attitude of the heart. What does this injunction mean? Fatherhood is the capacity for generation, the capacity to give life. It is the capacity for love. It is a mode of love in its most self-sacrificial, providential, life-giving form. In this, it is every man's vocation to be a father, whether one has children naturally or not. To be fatherly then is that you, your love has reached a level of maturity, is that it's matured to the most possible, where it is now completely generative and it becomes a source of life and love for others. A father is someone who truly cares for his children to the point of giving away his own life for the good of his children, those he cares for. This is at least what fathers are meant to do. One does not become a father simply by having children. Of course, you are a father, but so one does not become fatherly simply by having children. Just as one is not denied the call to be father for not having children. And this is, of course, the same for mothers. To be a mother is every woman's vocation, to be a source of this life and love for another. It takes very concrete and particular form when one has children, of course, but every woman is called to be a mother. And I want to put forward one saint to illustrate this, and I'll think of one saint, I'll put forward one saint for each of these uh, topics. Francis. Francis is a great example because he was celibate, he did not have children, but he also never became a priest. Is he a truly a father? Of course. More fatherly than most people will ever achieve. More a father than most people will ever dream of. 
Millions have taken inspiration from him. His life and teaching have been the source of transformation, the source of life for countless people. And it continues to be so today. Why is that? Because this is the power of generation which God worked in Francis's life. His life was so transformed, the Spirit worked it in him, and now it is his life that keeps giving and generating because it is the life of the Father himself flowing through Francis. And what about teachers? What is it truly to teach? One can teach, of course, by passing on information. That is what we mostly today think of as teaching. I've read some books, maybe a lot of books, and I aggregate and I have some more thoughts and I give it to you. And you can study, and if you write a few essays, well, then, well, you've passed your exam. Wonderful, you've learned. Is that what teaching is about? A true teacher is a bridge, someone who makes possible for the pupil or the disciple to learn by enacting this herself in embodying the truth of what she is teaching. It is not so much passing on of facts, even Google and AI can do that, but a teacher gives of herself because it is a truth that is being made alive in her and through her so that when you see her when you follow her you are actually learning something you are being enlightened a saint to think of therese therese was declared a doctor of the church which is quite a rare title in the church there are only about 35 doctors i think to be one you must have had made a very definitive significant contribution to theology on and or exemplify the truth so that it is important for everyone in the church to embrace it. Some, all saints live out truths which are very important, but it's not always applicable to everyone in the church. Now, Thomas Aquinas, for example, is a very natural candidate for doctor of the church. He is a doctor of the church. St. Augustine is another one. They've written volumes and volumes of works which you will never complete reading in your lifetime. And they are important. They are important for everyone in the church. But then Therese comes along and she wrote nothing. She wrote one book, which is kind of like a book which you can probably read in a day or two days. Yet, she lived the truth of what she discovered, her little way of how to live out her spirituality, how to be little before God, like a child. And she, what was written? she lived it she discovered it and she lived it so perfectly she is a teacher truly and her little way which was not known even to the sisters around her close to her today it is inspiring and giving life and enlightening so many people therese is a teacher of the first order along with thomas aquinas and augustine and then there are leaders masters it is widely recognized in leadership in the secular world. You will never flourish if all you lead by is through your authority. You will be nothing more than a tyrant. The greatest leaders work to bring out the best in whom they lead. Anyone can have authority, but all who have authority are not automatically leaders. A leader can have act without authority. A leader is someone you're willing to follow. The authority a leader has is the power to give increase as the etymology of the word states is the power to give increase to everyone around them so the leader she might be wonderful she might she might lose herself 
in making sure the whole body is functioning and organized and has a place. Everyone has their place where they can flourish. That is a leader. And a saint for that which we celebrated just yesterday, Saint Charles Borromeo. He's unfortunately a bit underrated. He's not very well known, but he is such a great saint. He's the patron saint of spiritual leaders. He was made a cardinal even before he was a priest by his uncle who became the Pope Pius IV. This was a classic case of nespotism. There was everything in his history and in his life where he would have been a tyrannical leader. He could have used his authority to just accumulate wealth and power like a lot of the clergy were doing at the time. The church was very corrupt where he was, yet God touched him and he changed. And what a transformation. And all his gifts came to the surface and he led people, he led the diocese, he transformed the diocese by first of all transforming himself. He gave away his money to the poor. He, during the time of plague, wrote his will, fully expecting to die and went and served the sickest of the people. And his reforms were so powerful, so austere, that one of the monks tried to kill him. But he was an able organizer and slowly under him, Milan started to flourish. This is the vocation God has for us. We all have vocations to be fathers, mothers, teachers and leaders. Why? Because these are modes in which God acts in our lives itself. This is the life of God that we are talking about. It is God the Father who generates, who is truly Father. It is the Son who is our teacher, without whom we could not know the Father. And he taught us who God is not by teaching us, teaching us, but by pouring out his blood on the cross. The Lord is the spirit and master. It is he who brings organization and structure and increase wherever he is. When the world was in chaos, it is the breathing of the spirit which brought out a beautiful structured creation overall. And he makes relationships truly work because he is the spirit of love. When we receive these as gift, then we participate in the life of the Godhead and then we can glorify God by bringing about his life and making him known in the world.